We have been in a series entitled Toxic Emotions. And we took a break last week for Mother's Day. Because um, how I many you know, I don't <laughs> use the word toxic on Mother's Day, probably won't be the best idea. But this is uh, probably like part five of this series called Toxic, Toxic Emotions. We have been looking through the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is a wisdom literature in the scripture. And just basically saying, all right, Lord, like, what areas of our lives do we need help with, even emotionally? And so, um, so because we took a week off, let's review real quick some of the things that we have addressed. And the first week, we talked about anger. Uh, we talked about that toxicity of anger, and we can't afford to have anger in our lives. Uh, we talked about what anger does in our brains, and, and it honestly just makes us stupid, doesn't it? That when we experience the emotion of anger, that we lose 20 to 25% of our IQ, and if the average adult is 100, then when we are angry, uh, we are operating in that 72, 75 IQ level. 70 IQ is considered to be mentally handicapped. So when we're angry, we're this close to being mentally handicapped and trying to make important decisions. Uh, or when you have two adults that are angry, then you have two um, almost mentally handicapped adults trying to solve a really important problem. And so we talked about anger and how uh, it's, it, 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 we have to really reappropriate anger in our lives. If we become angry at the right things, like Jesus was, well, then we don't have the energy to spend to be angry uh, when someone didn't use their turn signal on 931. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and then week two, we talked about jealousy. Jealousy is a lot like anger because jealousy is an anger. A lot of times we get angry because someone did something wrong, but we become jealous because someone did something right because they did it better than you or better than me. And so it's a different kind of anger. And then um, week three, we talked about temptation and uh, how to overcome temptation in our life. And then we talked about laziness, how Proverbs has a lot to say about the sluggard and laziness, and ultimately laziness is it's, it's a sin, and, and we gave you ways to help overcome laziness in your life. Now, if you want to get caught up on this series, if that sounds interesting to you, maybe you have a commute to work, or when you're mowing the lawn or doing dishes, um, you can jump to newlifeforkokomo.org. All of our messages are archived online there. You can get caught up if you wanted to. Uh, all of our notes are online as well, including right now, if you have the Bible app on your phone, uh, I like to remind you of this whenever I have a lot of notes. So if I, if I ever remind you of this, it's because there's a lot coming, all right? Um, I want to remind you, you can get on the Bible app, and uh, if you go to events, and then you find New Life Church or something like that, um, you'll have my sermon notes every Sunday on your phone live right here. And people take notes on there, they save them. And if you forever forget, it is on the website uh, come Tuesday. So, uh, all right, <clears throat> this week, new content, toxic emotions. Uh, we're going to address a really big issue, um, and that is we're going to talk about pride this morning. We're going to talk about pride. Um, pride is a silent killer, isn't it? Uh, pride is something I think that any of us or all of us have had to deal with in our life. Pride is difficult to deal with. Pride is sometimes even more difficult to, uh, to see that you even have the issue of pride in your life. So again, we're going to look at the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 16, 18, this is what it says. It says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Uh, this, this verse is here to remind us that pride is not only a sin, because it is, but it all, can also lead to our ultimate destruction and demise. 
Have you ever seen someone's pride ultimately lead them to their demise? Maybe in their business or maybe in a relationship that pride led to destruction. And we begin, um, when we become prideful, we begin to think a little too highly of ourselves. And, and, we look, and we start looking down on others around us. Sometimes when, when one gets a little taste of leadership, a little taste of authority in the workplace, uh, they begin to get a little proud of themselves, a little proud of that authority, a little, a little, I really know what I'm doing. And also, on the other side, like for those that might have a boss or, or a business owner or, or a supervisor that, that you just don't jive with, you begin thinking, I would do it so much better than them. And you'll probably sit here today, and there might be someone here be like, I could have preached that way better than him. And you probably could have, and that's okay. But, but, but then like, we, we get that prideful and arrogant spirit in us. A lot of times we are led into our pride and arrogance when we become full of knowledge. Maybe you learned something really good. Um, and I would say that like theologians, or uh, they're, they're smart guys, but I love a theologian that's also humble. And they can deliver truths in a way that can be received and not... Like, I know more than you, so um, there's that. Or maybe, maybe you're like a master plumber, master carpenter, and you go into Lowe's or Menards, and you see this 18-year-old kid come up to you and say, can I help you with anything? And you just say, I know more than you. Go away. You know, <laughs> the knowledge does that to us. It makes us prideful because he's like, I know more than you. Uh, this is an attitude that leads to conflicts, though. Pride and arrogance leads to conflict in our marriage, in our friendships, in the workplace, <clears throat> and in the church community. Proverbs 29, 23 says, pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. Here's the thing, men. Humility is not weakness. True humility is when you have the knowledge, you have the authority, you have the leadership, you have the title, and you don't have to use it to influence others. You can be humble. You can still serve. When we become prideful, um, uh, uh, humility, it's not weakness, uh, it's the strength. It's a strength to admit when you're wrong. So listen, if, if, like, this is what I look for. When I look for building a team of people that want to serve the church, if someone wants to serve on a team, I'm looking for people that are humble. I'm looking for people that have the strength to admit they were wrong. I'm looking for people to join the team that, that when I say, let's do it differently, they're not defensive. But because it's weak, I see weakness if you can't take feedback. If you can't take feedback, then uh, you don't have the kind of strength it takes to serve on this team. It, that's the kind, humility is not weakness. Humility, uh, uh, the ability to uh, uh, admit when you're wrong and the ability to apologize when you've done something wrong takes more strength than to act tough. It takes more strength to be humble than to act strong. It takes more strength. Pride brings a person low, but it's that lowly spirit that gains honor. You gain credibility when you can apologize and be humble. Proverbs 11.2, this is what it says. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs 8.13, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance. 
evil behavior, and perverse speech. Isn't it interesting? When we say, the, uh, fear the Lord, the, the fear of the Lord is to hate what's evil, you probably didn't think pride and arrogance first. But Proverbs does. Pride and arrogance. Here's the thing about pride. Oftentimes, if pride is in your heart, it's because insecurity is in your soul. If pride is in your heart, it's likely because there's insecurities in your soul. If you have to lord it over people with your authority and your title, it's probably because you, that's one of the ways you might feel significant. It's one of the ways that, that you want to demand respect, but you don't want to live respectful. So if there's pride in your heart, there might be a place in you that there's an insecurity. But you know what? God can heal that. God can fix that and show you your true identity. And the reason why pride uh, is so, so damaging to us is because pride blinds us of our weaknesses and to the strengths of others. Now we no longer see where we are lacking and we don't have the ability to see where you're better than me. Pride blinds me of my weakness and to the strength of those around us. So humility then is the ability to say, hey, I'm not as gifted in this area and I'm okay with it, but you are amazing and I need you. And I need you to fill that void in the church. I need you to fill that void in my business. I need, actually, I don't know what to do in this situation. I know my title is boss. I know my title is pastor. I know my title is CFO. I, I, I don't know the solution, although I have the title, but you have the gift, and I want to invite you into the conversation to, so you can help solve this problem. Pride blinds you of your weakness and to the strength of others. So when you have a prideful person trying to lead a home, a prideful person trying to lead at work or lead at the church, do you see how this can just absolutely tailspin into destruction? They don't know the areas they need help in, and they can't see the areas that you could help. It's destructive. And uh, the thing about pride uh, is that uh, uh, pride is so destructive. Remember, pride comes before the fall. So I'm gonna show you five things. Um, these aren't my points, don't worry. Five things of how pride destroys. The first thing about pride is, because it's sin, pride separates us from God. Why would we want that? Why would, why would, I, why would we want that for ourselves? Why would we want that for our church? Pride separates us from God. The second thing is that pride always is damaging to relationships. It's damaging in, in marriages because the prideful person in a marriage can't see that they're hurting their spouse. And the spouse is saying, I don't know how many different ways I can tell you that I don't like when that happens. I don't like when you talk to me that way. I don't like when you do that thing. I don't know how many different ways do I have to tell you. And the prideful person says, it's not a problem, so you need to just adjust and move on. It's not a problem. It damages relationships. The third thing is it leads to arrogance and entitlement, doesn't it? Number four, it prevents growth and learning. Listen, not a single one of us has arrived. Not a single one of us. Probably one of the greatest teachers of the Bible in our church is Don Budd. He's an incredible, gifted teacher of the Word of God. Don, how old are you today? I did, because it's important. 
89. He's 89. And I love it when Don shows up and we sit in my office and I just say, can I just sit and talk with you about the Bible for a little bit? And I'll tell him, like, hey, I have a sermon series coming up on the book of Colossians. Can we just sit and talk about it? And then he says, well, God's still teaching me. At 89, he says, God's still teaching me. And he just pours out this wisdom. And I'm like, oh, man, this is so good. You see, if you're prideful, though, it will prevent you from the learning and growing that God has for you because you're never done learning and growing. Humility says there's more for me to learn. I don't know it all. There might be a better way, and it doesn't have to be my way. That's, that's humility. Another, the fifth way that pride can destroy is it can lead to uh, other destructive behaviors. So it's almost a gateway behavior to many other destructive behaviors in our lives. But the reason why pride is so hard to sometimes see in us is that, remember, it's like that blindness to our own weaknesses. It's because pride is a lot like bad breath. Everybody knows you've got it, except you. So today, we're going to see uh, and, and maybe, maybe we're going to help you find out if you need a bit of a humility breath mint. And so I'm going to so here's seven things. I told you I had a lot of things. That's why you need the notes. Uh, seven things that you might be struggling with pride if. Remember the Jeff Foxworthy jokes? You might be a redneck if. I don't know if that's politically correct anymore, but I'm humble enough to say that, I think. But you might be struggling with pride if. So you might need a little bit of a humility breath mint if, number one, if you have a hard time admitting when you're wrong or apologizing when you hurt somebody. Don't elbow your spouse. You might struggle with pride if, you, if it's very hard for you to admit that you're wrong. Because admitting that we're wrong sometimes feels like I'm letting people down or I'm exposing my weakness and people won't trust me or, or I'm discrediting, like people are supposed to look at, look at me like a leader or like a strong person and if I admit I'm wrong, they're gonna say, wow, they have no idea what they're doing. They're, they're, they're a fraud. I don't wanna be a fraud. I don't have to admit that I was wrong. But actually, if we can all recognize the, the issue of pride and humility to see that, man, when somebody's willing to admit that they're wrong, it shows incredible leadership, incredible strength, and that's the kind of person you want. You want, to serve, you, want, you want to serve alongside somebody like that. So you might struggle with pride if you have a hard time admitting you're wrong or apologizing when you've hurt someone. Number two, you might struggle with pride if you often compare yourself to others and then feel superior to them in some way. So that might mean that you're walking around uh, uh, the grocery store and then you make this face. Wow. Can't believe they're wearing that here. Okay. Um, I, I've spent, um, uh, before I was in ministry, or I, when I was bivocational, I, I worked other jobs while I was in ministry. One of the things I did was I walked around, I wa- I walked around uh, uh, Walmart stores and I caught shoplifters. It was awesome. <laughs> I, wore, I just wore plain clothes, I threw a hat on backwards and I just 
I'd go catch people shoplifting. And I saw this one guy walking around menswear. No shoes. And filthy dirty. And I kind of was like, bro. Like, like you, like, why are you walking through Walmart with no shoes? And so out of just curiosity, I didn't think he was up to any, I didn't think he was up to no good. But I was just like, what the world? This guy is walking around bare feet at a Walmart store. And so I was just like, how you doing? <laughs> and I just got curious. So I started talking to him. And he just is like this, just staring off. And I'm, I'm, I'm judging him a little bit, to be honest with you. I'm like, what's this guy's problem? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? And he's just staring off, and he goes, my apartment just burned down three hours ago. And what you see is everything I own. And I was like, Holy Spirit just absolutely just punching my heart right there. Bah, you jerk. And I was like, oh. He's like, this is everything I own. And I just, uh, I have a few bucks, and I was just looking to hopefully get some, like, socks and t-shirts or something. I don't have no idea what I'm going to do. And right there, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, give him $100. And I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> so, so I went over to him. I said, hey, listen, man. I said, um, I don't know who you are. I don't know your name. But the Lord spoke very clearly to me. And what I give you is not from me. I want you to know it's from the Lord. And I gave him $100. And I said, I wish you the best. And I hope that you can fully recover from this tragic accident. And he cried. He hugged me. And I was like, wow, how prideful and arrogant of me to look at that man and go, bro's walking around with no shoes at a Walmart store. And then the Holy Spirit was almost like, hey, let's teach him a lesson real quick so he can get over this. Go ask him how he's doing. I'm like, okay, right? Prideful and arrogance. So, um, so you often compare yourself to others. You feel superior to them in some way. Maybe superior by the way you dress, superior by your education, maybe superior by where you live or what you drive, superior in some way, superior that I would never act that way or, or I, I'm so glad that I can, I, I'm more eloquent than they and I sound smarter, whatever it is. Number three, you might be, be struggling with pride if you tend to interrupt or, over, or talk over others in conversations. Um, uh, maybe you're really talkative, but just use this as a checkpoint. Maybe, maybe you just have this prideful thing in you that you have to be the one with something to say. And that's hard for outgoing people sometimes, but uh, or n- number four, how about this? You are defensive when receiving feedback or criticism. I think this is the real heart check for many people, that when, when somebody's giving you feedback and criticism, that you immediately start thinking of excuses. Well, you don't understand why I do it that way. Instead of just taking the feedback and saying, that might be something I, can con- I need to consider. Now, granted, there are very critical people in this world. Trust me, I'm a pastor. I've heard it all. And so part of humility is just being able to receive feedback and then say, okay, Lord, does this apply or not? And sometimes the Lord's like, no. I'm like, okay, then I won't worry about it. And sometimes I have a sense of, uh, yeah, I do need to re- re- reflect on this. And it's important to kind of like mull over that type of feedback with somebody that you really trust. For me, that's my wife. And I would go to her and say, hey, Jenny, I got this email, or I, I had this conversation with somebody. This is the feedback they gave me. What do you think? And sometimes she'll say, that's wisdom. And I'll, and I'll have to say, ooh, okay, I need to adjust. And sometimes she's like, they're crazy. 
And I'm like, okay, you know, green light, we're good. You might be struggling with pride if number five, number five, you have a hard time accepting help from others and prefer to do everything on your own. They're gonna mess it up anyway, so I might as well do it myself. Good leadership is very difficult. If someone can do something with about 50% your capacity, but with momentum, give it to them. Give it to them. You'll build a better team. Number six, you might be struggling with pride if you're not willing to listen to other people's opinion and then just tend to dismiss them. Or how about number seven, you might be struggling with pride if you tend to take credit for things that others have done. How aw- I'm awesome, right? So, so now we, we've seen how destructive pride can be. We've taken a little bit of a test to see, do I need a humility breath mint? Well, now let's talk about how to overcome pride, overcoming pride. Number, number one, we have to acknowledge that we struggle with pride in the first place. We have to acknowledge it. We have to have the strength to be honest with ourselves. Because here's what James 5.16 says. It says, therefore, confess your sins so that you can be healed. It's not a bad thing to expose your pride. It's a great thing. It leads to healing. Overcoming pride. Acknowledge that you struggle with it in the first place. Number two, to help overcome pride in our lives, we have to practice humility. Because humility is the opposite of pride. Practicing humility uh, by putting others before ourselves. Admitting to your mistakes. Seeking feedback from others. And when you seek feedback from others, it can be a risky thing. Like you're opening up a can. And I tell our leadership team at the church here, when we meet, I'm like, I, I tell them, like, you're at this table because I value your opinion and I trust your feedback. And I want it. I want it. And then so if someone ever opens themselves up for feedback and you want to give it, then you have to be humble enough to deliver that message ever so softly. May, great, may there be nothing but grace and peace between you. And I want you to know you, I consider you a dear friend. I think you're gifted and you're amazing. But can I just give you maybe one thing for you to consider thinking about? Yeah, sure. Um, you tend to talk over people a lot when they're trying to really express something to you. And you, you, it comes off maybe a little bit defensive. And I don't know if that's true, but I just want you to consider that and think about it. And then, oh, okay, yeah, maybe. Do you have any questions about that that maybe I'm not, I can help make that more clear to you? Like, no, thank you. For, okay. And, and, then, and then if the moment's right, just like, can we pray about it? And then just let the Lord deal with, tell you if I'm right or not. I'm okay if I'm wrong. Deliver it softly. If someone opens up themselves for feedback, that's not like, oh, yeah, buddy. Let, I'll give you feedback. Let's go. Let me tell you everything I think. No, no. You need to be humble. You need to give, bring it gently. Um, Practicing humility also looks like having the ability to give credit away. And if you ever lead teams of people, it's important to say, don't, it's important not to say, look what I did. But it's greater to say, hey, I, I want this team member to stand up right there. I want you to know she did an awesome job, and she is magnificent, and I'm so glad that she's on the team. And, and this guy, stand up. He is awesome. You know this whole thing that, that brought all this growth and made all this change in our organization? Yeah, it, it was his idea. Can we all just give him a round of applause? That's humility. 
It's giving credit away. And if you're in leadership, that you need to learn how to lead humbly by giving credit away. Even if maybe it was your idea, but they executed it, or they executed it, or, or you executed it, and it was their idea. It doesn't matter. Give the credit away. Because it is so, 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 uh, uh, it will build your team so very well. Number, uh, number three, seek feedback. Ask trusted friends mentors their honest opinion to give you honest feedback about your behavior. And now if you're married, I would tell you that, that this, is, this needs to be your spouse. And if that scares you right now, you're like, oh, oh man. Well, well then, I, then I think that there's some connectivity that you can continue working on so that you can have the ability to have those honest conversations with great humility because God gave you that spouse and you're better for it. Listen, I'm better because God brought Jenny in my life. She is, a, a, she is an addition to me, and a, honestly, a multiplier. And so, uh, so I need her honest feedback. And when she gives me honest feedback, she knows how to deliver in a way that I, I'm not crushed, right? And so that's important. So seek feedback. Ask a trusted friend. Because here's what, here's what Peter, uh, 1 Peter 5 says. 1 Peter 5 says, In the same way you who are young, submit yourself to your elders. Although you... Uh, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud and gives grace, favor, shows favor to the humble. Seek feedback. Number four, cultivate gratitude. Cultivate gratitude in your life. Gratitude helps us focus on what we have rather than what we lack. And cultivate gratitude by regularly reflecting on the blessings of your life and expressing gratitude towards others. Are you grateful? You got, I don't know you're grateful unless you act grateful, unless you say you're grateful. Are you grateful for your family? Are you grateful for your job? Uh, yeah, I said that. Are you grateful for your job? You got to express gratitude. Here's what Psalms 100 says. We read it at the end of worship today. Enter his gates with, say it with me, thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Get some gratitude. Get some gratitude. A theologian, J.I. Packer, this is what he said. He said, Thanksgiving is the language of heaven, and we had better start to learn it if we are not to be strangers there. Get some gratitude. Thanksgiving is the language of heaven, and we had better start to learn it if we are not to be strangers there. So get some gratitude. Start being thankful. Probably the greatest way that we can help overcome pride in our lives is to learn from Jesus. To learn from Jesus. He's the ultimate example of humility because Jesus was even willing to humble himself to a cross. Jesus was willing to put others before himself by choosing the cross. Jesus was willing to go to the cross not for good people, but for broken humanity. Jesus went to the cross, fully man yet fully God. Scripture says he could have called down a legion of angels and stopped the crucif crucifixion. But he chose to die, though he had the authority and to, to overcome it. He chose to die in such a humble way. We can learn a lot 
from Jesus. This is what Philippians chapter 2 says. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Here's the thing. The essence of following a servant like Jesus is to learn to serve like Jesus. We serve a God that didn't come to be served, but to serve. And in doing so, reaches all of humanity. So the true test of servanthood is this. The true test is, how do you act when someone treats you like a servant? The true true test of servanthood is how you react when someone treats you like one. I'm the boss. I'm the man of this house. You're not going to talk to me that way. Look at this guy. Thinking he can just cut in front of me on 931. Don't they know that this is a two-lane turn and they merged into my lane? Don't. Obviously, I'm pulling into that parking spot and you don't need to cut in front of me. How do you react when someone treats you like a servant? That's a true test of servanthood. That's a true test of pride and humility. So here's the question. How's your pride? How's your pride? Is there pride in your life? Do you need that little humility breath mint? You need to find some people in your life that you're going to get honest feedback from. This is, this is huge. This is, this is huge because pride goes before destruction. So if there's pride in your life, disaster's coming. So if, you, if, you, if, you, if, if you're today, you're feeling like, oh, I might be a little prideful there. I might need to make a change there. Then you need to do it. Because it always, something always follows pride. It's destruction. It's a crash. It's the end of the line. So you've got time. You can make the change. Admit when you're wrong. Accept feedback in your life. Put others first. Doesn't matter how great your title is. We want to serve a king like Jesus, then we need to learn how to serve like Jesus. Whether you're at the lowest part of your business or the, the highest part of your business, serve like Jesus. You'll find that you build so much more honor, that you gain honor, you gain credibility, and you become that much more effective and strong. It takes incredible strength to be humble. It's weak to be prideful. It's weak. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we just pray that you would Remove the weakness from our lives. God, right now, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just reveal in us parts of our lives where we are arrogant, prideful, because you're wanting us to learn. You're wanting us to grow. And ultimately, there's likely relationships that are hurting because we're too prideful to admit we were wrong. There are relationships that are hurting because we've been too prideful to humble ourselves and serve. 
We say, no, if you're, I'm going to respect you, then you're going to respect me first. No, that not so in the kingdom of God. We're going to serve like Jesus. We're going to humble ourselves, put other people's first, and see just what you can do. And it will be awesome. In Jesus' name, amen.